Hello and welcome to the Essential Empowerment Podcast. My name is Amelia Adrian. Together in this space, we'll listen and learn about the ability of essential oils to heal and transform our lives. This is a place for us to diffuse wisdom, to share our understandings and to grow our appreciation for the power of plant medicine with essential oils. And I'm so glad you're here. So welcome back to the podcast. I am really excited today to introduce you to a dear friend and colleague of mine, partner of mine, Kate Burford. I've known Kate for, mm, I wanna say seven years. Kate's nodding at me, (laughs) seven years I've known her. And it is a relationship that has really blossomed and grown over the years. We've created programs together. We have collaborated with all sorts of offerings over the last, particularly the last two to three years. And I'm really delighted for, for those of you that don't yet know her, to introduce her to you because she is just an absolute delight. So Kate is a Shetsu practitioner. She has been practicing, studying since 1989. So she has a wealth of experience in Shiatsu and has been making this her, her life's work ever since. And one of the ways that she works is um, online. She also works in the local community. She works nationally. She also travels and teaches internationally. And part of her area of expertise, if you like, has become the the area where she's working with women's health, specifically using shiatsu to ease some of the challenges that can arise during the phases of menopause. She welcomes everyone into her practice, regardless of gender, race, ability, religion, sexuality. She wishes to create a safe space for all who work with her and it's really just a joy to have you have you here, Kate. What I have experienced in working with you, if I just share my own, you know, how I experience you as a as a friend and as a colleague, is somebody with real deep integrity. Sometimes I feel that it's I, I can get a little off track or can move out of alignment, as we all can. And what I experience with you, um, and what I really value um, in our relationship is that you you're very gentle and very um, stable presence of realignment. Mm. (laughs) So Kate, tell me a little bit first about what led you to Shiatsu and for those people who it's a new practice, like what what Shiatsu involves? Well, thank you for that introduction. That was lovely. Mm. Shiatsu... Well, what led me to Shiatsu, I did a degree in drama, actually, and um, drama and English, and I was working, I had lots of different jobs, I did ski seasons, and I taught English, and I was a lifeguard, and I had all these things I wanted to do, and I was doing lots of things, I was doing theatre work as well, but stage management, directing, acting, and I didn't really have one particular thing, I was doing all these things, and one of the things I thought I'd like to do was a massage course. And I just looked up in the London list, I was living in London at the time, looked up in the listings magazine, saw an introduction to shiatsu, which I knew was a type of, I thought was a type of massage. And I went to this open evening on my way to a nightclub dressed in my 1980s kit. Can you just hold a picture for us? What was your hair like? <laughs> my hair was big. Yeah, of course. <laughs> 
Yeah, probably had a, some sort of rara skirt and striking. Oh, rara skirt. Some mad hat <laughs> on. Bit, bit punky, bit edgy. Yeah. Uh, but the new romantic thing was in there as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, good times. Good times. And then I was blown away by this talk. Um, a teacher of mine called Hilary Totar, who, who's now retired. She's still teaching yoga, I think, in um, Hastings. But she started talking about shiatsu. And I was sort of blown away by this concept of um, traditional Eastern Asian medicine, Chinese medicine. And I hadn't heard of it before. I knew nothing about it. But it, the things she was talking about just made complete sense to me in a way that, oh, when my big toe hurts after I've had a curry. I always thought that was a bit weird. But that's where my liver meridian is. And it was sort of like, wow, wow, wow. And I signed up there and then to do an introductory course a three-week intensive, and then I haven't stopped. So from all that sort of expansion that I was doing all these different things, I suddenly became very laser-focused and just assisted on courses and taught. then went on to teaching after I graduated. But my life opened up because I had found this world of energetics. Mm -hmm. So it was like I came completely focused, but also sort of expanded into this different understanding of um, through the understanding of working energetically. Mm -hmm. So that's how I came to it, just mm. by think, really. It was just, I thought it was a type of massage, and then I discovered it was this whole lifestyle. And, and I, it covered everything for me as a job, because it was, apart from not particularly being outside it, in this country, it was intellectual, it was physical, it was emotional, it was spiritual. So all those things that I, I needed meeting in myself were there, you know, like some jobs didn't, just didn't do all of those things. Yeah. So I feel completely honoured that I've done it for all my life. I found it at sort of the age of 25. I'm so grateful that I came across it because it's been an absolute, uh, to find my path and to do something which makes a difference in the world. Mm. I really struggled if I wasn't doing things that I felt made a difference. And Shatsu immediately just by helping one person ease their pain, ripples out to their community, their family and um and particularly work around women's health as well, I think, ripples out into the community in a bigger way, particularly around birth. Mm. So shiatsu is a literal translation, is a Japanese word, and it means finger pressure. And uh, it was traditionally a Japanese bodywork therapy that was practiced by family members. So it was practiced in the house, but also by barefoot practitioners who traveled from home to home. And they were only paid when their patients were well. So essentially, and it still is, essentially it's preventative because it's mm. keeping the body's energetic system in balance. And through the years of warring and trading with China and Japan, um, the traditional Chinese medicine theory that's the same as acupuncture, that of meridian lines, energy lines passing through the body, is there in shiatsu. So, so it's Japanese in origin. Um, a lot of the, the way we work and the lineage I was taught through is Japanese, but it has a lot of the Chinese medicine theory. So it's just this most amazing therapy because it's diagnostic and then it works individually with however you are that day and, how, and working with your constitution and your condition. But it's totally um, yeah, individual to what that person needs in that day to rebalance their energy and how it is in that moment, but also working on the long term. And it's physical, it's delicious to receive because it's got that quality of massage. We remain fully clothed and we lie on a mat, a soft mat, unless someone 
can't lie down and then they can be in a bed or a wheelchair or a chair. But traditionally Japanese, it's down on the floor and it's fully, you stay fully clothed. And um, so it's got massage qualities in it that you can work on the tissue and the muscle. It's also a little bit like sort of physiotherapy or osteopathy because I can work on the bones, I can manipulate the joints and we stretch. And these meridian pathways that we, we know about from acupuncture are lines of energy throughout the body that relate to different organ organs. So there's like the lung and the large intestine, for instance. And that has a physiological, like the lung takes an oxygen, lets it go of carbon dioxide, but it also has an emotional. So how we exchange across that boundary, how we inspire, what's insp inspiring for us and what we expire. So taking in and letting go. So it's about exchange and um, elimination. And that's just the lung but it covers all those, those levels, physical, uh, mental, emotional, and spiritual. So when we're working someone, we're working with our whole energy system. So it's quite intimate and deep, you know. Mm. People might not know you're working on their spiritual level. They might just think they're having a, a, a body work, but it works on all those levels. And um, so people often feel very diff different afterwards. So, you know, I had a chap, I've been treating his back and he comes in and says, well, I'm just so much, I'm smiling more and um, everything's going flowing easier. And he just came for the physical thing of his back but he's noticed and he can articulate that his life is more in alignment because his structure is more in alignment. He's got more energy released um, to, to flow more easily and feel better. And that, of course, when I go back to making a difference, it, it flows out to his relationship with his family and then to his work colleagues and that. Um, so has that sort of described it? Yeah, how delicious. Yeah. So to, have, to have that response. Yeah. From someone who, you know, they're having an emotional response when that wasn't really what they came to treatment for, but they're having that kind of level of healing as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because we can't, I mean, some people we will just work on a physical level. Mm. Uh, and some people, maybe we may, don't, I don't meet them deep enough on a spiritual level because I might be working more physically, but generally we're always working on all those levels because everything's interconnected in, mm. in oriental medicine. There's no separation between going to a gynecologist and going to a psychiatrist. Everything's linked. The whole system is linked. And what we're doing with shiatsu is um, when the energy's flowing through the body, there's places where it accumulates like water in a stream. That might be the symptom. It might be the tight shoulder. And there's a lot of energy there. And that might be where the pain is. And we're drawing it away from that to the quieter, more hidden, often the cause, what we call kyo in Japanese. And we're drawing, we're working with the kyo, the empty, the unnoticed, the cause, and we're drawing it away from the full aspect, the symptoms. So although I will work into that tight spot, I'm also going to the place where maybe the energy isn't, and that draws it. So it's about making balance in the body. Oh, how beautiful. The balance, the balance. Did you say kyo's? Is it kyo? Kyo, kyo is the Japanese word for that we use in shiatsu. Empty and jitsu is the full word when the energy is sort of full in somewhere. So I'm feeling that. So my hands do the work. They palpate. And you can teach people to do it very simply as well. You know, you can train, and I'm still learning thirty years later. Um, but you can teach people quite easily to feel where it's empty. That needs energy gathering towards it, holding where it's a bit tight and that needs dispersing and moving. And indeed that's part of your work, isn't it? As a facilitator and as a, a, a teacher mm -hmm. for, for, yeah. for people studying. Mm, that's yeah. a big part of your work, would you say? 
Yeah, I used to do a lot of teaching. I, I, mm. I ran a school and when I was young, I had more energy. <laughs> and uh, well, I still got energy. But um, mm. And then, yeah, for various reasons, I'm not doing so much syllabus teaching, which mm. I was teaching sort of once a month on syllabus courses. And it's a three-year training and I was doing a lot of that. And now I'm doing a little bit, um, but quite a lot of teaching in the community, um, which is great. Mm. Oh, so nice. And just to link back to your first mention of finding your purpose and that's such a that's just such a important um, place to land isn't it because I see it in the in the younger generation in my kids and, and other other people around me even where there is no sense of purpose right now because they haven't quite landed on what what it is that they're being called to do or they haven't found that or they don't have the confidence to follow whatever it might be and um yeah, that is a real gift. I didn't find, I don't think I found it until mid-twenties, one of my, I think we all have many maybe, but um, but I know that there's something about landing in yourself when you find that that's very, um, just, just feels great and very um, life-affirming, I suppose. Mm, it yeah. feels like such a gift. And, mm. and there's many trainings I've wanted to do. Um, like, you know, I'd love to be an acupuncturist. I'd love to learn more about Chinese medicine and learn needles. I'd love to do herbs. I'd love to be an aromatherapist. I'd love to do craniosacral therapy. This and but she actually is so complete, you know. It, and it's like this lifetime of learning. So it's a complete therapy as it is. So I didn't really have time to do those trainings. I sort of thought about it a lot. But when I had younger children and I was teaching, you know, weekend a month and, and practicing every, you know three or four days a week, five days a week. Mm. It wasn't time to do those trainings because I, you know, was raising kids. Um, and actually it's okay because Shiatsu completely, you know, for me, Shiatsu, you know, I thought about, I wanted to be a midwife as well, but actually Shiatsu is, is, is complete. It, it, I find it very fulfilling and I haven't, you know, because some people might think, oh, she's been in that job for 30 odd years, isn't she bored? <laughs> but I'm not bored, you know. Yeah. Um, every person, it's a privilege to work with someone's energy system and to put my hands in, in them. Yeah. And, um, you know, like yesterday I did a home visit. I treated a five-day-old baby. I went to treat the mum and I treated the baby as well. So it was just delicious. I had such a nice time. Oh. And then this morning I've worked with, you know, a person who's been living with cancer for 20 years and mm. um, someone else who's got a long-term chronic dis disease and um, very different, all very different, but just just such an honour to work with these people and be able to support them. Mm, can hear it, can feel it. So you have actually introduced essential oils. You have introduced a little bit of aromatherapy into your practice um, because mm. that's where that's where we meet and that's where we overlapped. Um, tell me a little bit about how you came to the oils. Your and first of all, like your own personal relationship with them. I'm really interested in in this for for each individual, for each each person that it's a it's such a unique relationship that we have when we connect to the oils. Uh, so my relationship, for example, is different to your relationship. Mm. Mm. Well, going back to, you know, when I was talking about when I first met, you know, complementary medicine and energy work, at that time I sort of read about aromatherapy and I, and I sort of, yeah, lavender, tea tree, yeah, I used to use them, but they didn't speak to me and I didn't... Um, yeah, I used them. They sort of sat on the shelf. I'd get, sort of get inspired and go and buy some. And I'd use lavender a little bit, but 
will teach you a little bit, but I, I, they never stuck with me. And I didn't understand aromatherapy. I thought, how can that be therapeutic? And then I was doing yoga on Yoga Glow and uh, really enjoyed the classes with Elena Brower. And then I must have gone on her social media and she was talking about the doTERRA oils in a certain way that I just, my ears just opened. I went, well, that's, that's not how I was experiencing oils. This is interesting. And so I bought a kit from her. And um, when I smelt them, it was like, oh, I understand why these can be therapeutic. I'm now smelling oils that can work therapeutically. And I smelt that difference immediately. And it just, I, then I understood. And of course, for me, through shiatsu and through my life, I'm very interested in fair trade and sourcing. And I think it came through shiatsu probably with what we ate and um, balance with the season. So, and I'm a gardener and all those sort of things. So their sourcing was so important to me and that I smell in the bottle. What was your, sorry, just to pick up, what, what is, it might not be something that you can describe in language, but what was your, how did you understand that they were therapeutic tools? And if you can't describe it, that's fine. I'm just curious to, to just yeah, go a little deeper. Really good question. And it was seven years ago. Mm, I know. And I can't <laughs> you have all that experience it. now. But I think it's like, <clears throat> I suppose now when you smell, when I smell peppermint and it opens me up. So I bought the family essentials kits. That would have been one of the oils, this strong mm. peppermint, you know, yeah, I drink peppermint herbal tea, but suddenly this like, what oh, that energy is moving up and out and it's mm. cooling. Mm. And I could feel those qualities. Um, I think it was just the quality of the smell. There was something about the smell that I I could feel it was en changing me energetically just by smelling the bottles when I opened them. It was just like, yeah. this is having an effect on me energetically. It's not just a, oh yeah, that's lavender. It was like, ah, oh, that's lavender. It's, it's, it's having an energetic effect. So as someone who was already tuned into energetics and how that played into how you feel or how you're feeling, you could sense from just the aromatic inhalation of a specific oil that yeah. it was working in an energetic, in, in energetic pathways through your body. And as somebody who's already very familiar with those pathways, it, it was very obvious to you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly it. And excuse me, I'm ticking my foot. <coughs> and then, and then, you know, being introduced to you and our community and then through you being introduced to Tiffany Carol Pollard and doing, um, we did the pelvic, pelvic care course didn't we? and sort of learning how to put oils on points was very exciting for me because, um, yeah, as you say, my body responds to the meridian lines, responds to the points. I've got an understanding of the energetics of the points and then being able to uh, add an oil to it was very exciting because I might give someone... Um, homework after a treatment work this point it's good for that and people do it but now and i can say well i'll give you a little sample of this oil and what i want you to do is put this on on the point then they have a whole different experience of it it's not like oh where's that point i've got to press that point kate tell me about it. it's sort of this because they've got the aromatic aspect as well it takes them into the mindfulness moment of it so they really settle into the point in a different way than they might just like right kate told me i've got to have good intention on that point and <laughs> The, the oil's doing some of that work for them. So if it's lavender for insomnia on Heart 7, for instance, which we do in the sleep program and we've talked about before, people might be familiar. It's a, a point that's good for insomnia. It's calming the mind. And then you pair an oil 
that has the same sort of similar qualities and it amplifies it. And they, it's a pleasurable thing for them to do. So they sort of honor the taking care of themselves bit of the homework and just that aromatic experience as they take the oil out of the bottle and put it onto their finger is already settling their mind into calming the system, which is what we do in Shiatsu. You know, so I didn't say that earlier, Shiatsu is the first thing in Shiatsu is, is, is stimulating the parasympathetic aspect of the nervous system. And that when people are in that rest and repose, which they drop into quite quickly, hopefully in the Shiatsu through the quality of touch we give, the self-healing starts because the body's in that relaxation mode. And when we're in fight and flight, that healing and that digestion, all those things don't occur. And so the inhalation of the oil does a similar thing. It's like, ah, oh, and yeah. the body softens, generally. You may or may not be able to like document this, but I know Tiffany has spoken in trainings that I've had with her. Tiffany Carroll is our, or Carol is our joint teacher with essential oils and aroma point therapy. Many, many of you have heard me speak about her before. Um, she's mentioned in teachings to me that, and I think audio teachings as well, that what she saw in clinic, so she is an acupuncturist or is an acupuncturist, and what she saw in clinic was a faster or a more profound process in some ways when she used the oils. She would see it, with, it would almost be uh, like a, a speeding up or a more direct um, process for the client. So mm -hmm. what she would say is maybe for years she'd been telling somebody to, this is just an example I can remember off the top of my head. So for years she'd been telling somebody, oh, maybe it's a good idea to eat less sugar for example, and they would never do it. And they would just keep coming back to clinic for all the different reasons. And then she would mention um, the geranium foot arch treatment that we that we have both learned from her and that we've both implemented and is part of the hormone program as well that we have coming up in November. Um, the description for how to do that and the, the guidance around how to do that. And she would she would offer that as a practice to somebody again, give them some oil to take away with them. And when they came back, it was almost like they'd had a condensed kind of healing process just from using the oils in in the way that she had directed them. Have you have you seen that as well in your clients? Yes, I relate to that. I mean, not as much as her because I don't think I'm I haven't got so much clinical experience of the oils to record that because mm. she's she's just oil side and she's needles mm. at all um yeah i had a really nice um induction response the other day i gave someone clary sage to put on an induction point um for pregnancy to in induce labor naturally and um she really enjoyed using the clary sage and so she worked the point and i think i mean they're not magic buttons in that case but it, they support the body to do what they need to do and i think what happened she went into labor because she was ready but i think that the clary sage amplified that and helped that um, yeah. so that's the most recent example i can think where it speeded it up you know she wasn't so yes i i, I can relate to that and i think um with insomnia and that lavender point, I think I really noticed it with that. Um, yeah. Mm, yes, Clary Sage is, yeah. is, that's one of its gifts, isn't it, to open us up? Mm. Yeah, mm. for sure. Mm. So mm, tell me a little bit about your experience working with women and maybe particularly around menopausal um, processes. 
Tell me a little bit about your work with that. Well, I've always been, I've, you know, my practice is word of mouth. I mean, I treat guys, but um, I treat predominantly women. And um, I think they come for treatment more easily. And because we have a reproductive cycle, we have a sort of a flagging up system of what's out of balance. And, um, and when I, so I started getting broody around the age of 30, and then I just started attracting pregnant women to my practice and I was just working with pregnancy all the time. So I really got into pregnancy, I did trainings with midwives and um, uh, did a doula training and I was doing loads of pregnancy work. And now I see, you know, I'm, I'm 59 and I see, I'm 59 or am I 58? I can't remember, I'm 58. Whichever, yeah. you look absolutely <laughs> amazing, youthful, glowing. Thank you, that's the oils. Um, <laughs> and... Um, and then I, so I started attracting menopausal women. So now I see a lot of menopausal women and um, I work in the community with teaching, uh, with a yoga teacher colleague, Leif Olsen, who's a yoga practitioner here in Cornwall in Penzance. And we do workshops to support women to have the tools during the perimenopausal period. And it's just so amazing to, to be able to call this work. You know, we sit down, we have this lovely circle with all these gorgeous women. And they talk about their situation and it's so good to sit and talk about it and know you're not going mad when you're forgetting words because you haven't got Alzheimer's. There's lots of other people who've also got brain fog or can't call up words. And then to hear me say, well, I can describe what, explain why that's happening from a Chinese medicine viewpoint. And it's, these are the things you might be able to do to support that. And it just feels really um, valuable to give people natural, practical um things to do to help them because it's like birth it's become uh, medicalized it's become something that needs to be controlled something that's the stories are all it's really difficult you know you dread the menopause or labor's terrible that's all the sort of stories you get around it and so it, you know it's a patriarchal way of keeping that power of women down i think and uh, so we get the story that it's it's a really difficult transition it's a transition so it's going to be challenging it's like labor but it, it doesn't need to be feared and it can be supported in a um, uh, in an easy way. Mm. And one of the things that's happening now, I think, that I see a lot is um, women are just working so hard. Women are tired. So the main, you know, if I had one thing to say, it would be to rest and to sleep. And that's the thing, just trying to get women to slow down and... Um, all of the symptoms that come up at the time of menopause are related often to the, the balance of yin and yang in the body. And the yin is getting, the yin is the cooling function and it's getting used up, it gets used up through our life, our kidney yin, through childbirth, through um, hard work, through stress, through fear, through poor sleep, sort of things that draw on it, draw on our kidney energy. And that, that yin cooling aspect stops it is balancing but what happens is our yin yang balance is so out that the heat comes up whether that's with brain fog or hot flushes so this or anger rage to kill there's a lot of anger there <laughs> people just women just like mm. and yeah i think we're doing too much and we've lost that ability to know that rest is radical rest is valuable and say, yes, we need to reclaim our rest and reclaim the power of rest. And women are just doing everything. They're, they're looking after elderly parents, they're raising kids, they're working really hard. Um, yeah. Mm. 
what I find with rest, which is one of a constant practice for me, even the way I describe it, their constant makes it sound like it's a task. <laughs> yeah. But um, what I'm, what I find a challenge, let's put it that way, for myself and what I see in other people around rest is the. It's actually very. It's very hard to break the addictive patterns that we have to work or to to just keeping going and rest is can be quite confrontational because there's nothing else to take you away from yourself it's just you i mean unless you just kind of conk out and go to sleep there's different forms of rest aren't there so mm. rest can be can look like all sorts of different things it can look like restorative yoga it can look like guided relaxation practices it can look like five minutes sitting with a cup of tea in your garden it can you know there's so many different varieties of it can look like sleep of course or an afternoon nap um but I, I heard somebody describing rest the other day. She was actually talking about her, her, I think it was her grandmother, talking about a quality of rest. Her grandmother, she spoke about um, as working three jobs and the family all lived together and there was lots of grandchildren and the grandmother would take, would take her rest as a moment where she would sit on the sofa with a cup of tea and close her eyes. And that was her kind of claiming her rest, if you like. And she would do that as a, almost religiously, as a practice daily. And all, all of life would be going on around her, but she was communing with herself in that moment. She was resting in that moment. Mm. I, I don't see rest necessarily as completely um, passive. I see it in, in some ways as, not, not obviously not as active, but I do see it as, um, there's motion to it and, and it has uh, like a regenerative quality and also opens us up in so many ways to receive, to receive our own inner wisdom, to receive guidance from above, all, all, the, different, um, all the different ways that we can experience rest. And I do think it's something that we have to learn. It's almost like we have to relearn it because we've been, we've had it bred out of us almost, I believe, um, in the last, I don't know, however many years. So part of what we are, part of what we're bringing when, when we work, so Kate and myself have a program coming up, the hormone program, and part of what we are inviting in that, for, for anyone who joins us in that program, is really a safe space where rest is really encouraged and different forms of rest are encouraged. Even a moment with an essential oil, breathing an essential oil in that just for a minute or three minutes, however long you do it, that's a pause in your day. That's a moment for rest. That's a moment for reflection. I completely mm. said that so well, Amelia, and you're very clear. And, and um, I think that's right. It doesn't have to be like that person's grandmother, like the moment with the oil. It doesn't have to be. We don't need a whole week's retreat. We need to find those pockets of stillness in the day mm. and those moments just to reset our nervous system or just to remind ourselves to slow down because we're our nervous systems have just been bombarded and we, we've got all these tools where we can be leaving the voice note and eating our toast and emptying the dishwasher all at the same time and then the news is on in the corner and then it's just information coming at us from our phone from the television from from different people um so that our nervous systems are really struggling and we've got you know there's sort of a lot of culture of push and do which is you know again it's the masculine more yang way of being fitting into this daily 24-hour cycle rather than our changing monthly lunar cycle which has periods of 
when our energy is more active and when our energy needs to be more still. And if we can tune into the our cycles in the day and our cycles in the month and just learn to find little ways, because it can feel overwhelming when we've got kids and an elderly parent and a job to find any space. We, like, mm. I've got to do this, I've got to do that. But if we can learn little tools to take five minutes here or a minute there to do little things that can just slow us down to our kidney energy and our adrenals just can drop slightly and not be constantly firing out cortisol and adrenaline, which then disrupts the whole of the rest of our nervous system. Um, and then our hormones, which are through perimenopause and menopause are doing so much shifting levels because, you know, the estrogen, the progesterone, testosterone, they're all juggling around perimenopausally. Um, and then so when the adrenaline is kicking in, um, that's overriding it, it's very dominant, it's very hard to find the balance and all these other symptoms come up. And the perimenopausal period now, um, you know, I think it wasn't a word, but I wasn't aware of it when I grew up, you know, growing up, but now it's quite a word and now they're saying it's like 10 years, you know, and the whole time can be 20 years, you know, so from the beginning of the changing of the cycle to the end of the sort of postmenopausal when it balances out. So 20 years is quite a long time. And 10 years is quite a long time to be perimenopausal. So, you know, all of this, I can sleep when I'm dead, isn't so helpful <laughs> because we need to find, we, we need to live in a, in a way that's um, more pleasurable, less anxiety, because that anxiety that I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of anxiety now, and it's a hormone imbalance, I think, and it's this nervous system imbalance that people are pushing mm. and getting too much stimulation. Mm. And that's a lot of different things. You know, it might be you know, the Wi-Fi in the system, the air around us, all the electromagnetic fields. You know, there's lots of different things. It's the program we offer. Uh, it's it's a re-education, really. It's a it's a it's a different voice around how you how you want to experience your life, experience your day. It's a self-directed program runs for seven days we've run it before it's one of the most successful programs i've ever run last year i believe we had over 200 women on the program with us so it's self-directed it runs online but also we have some live calls so you have the opportunity to drop into the communal space if that's um if and ask questions if that's something that serves you but what what we what we experienced during the program last year was the power of community and the um, the importance of validation, I think, around um, what it is to be experiencing hormonal imbalance, whether that's within your menstrual cycle, whether that's in the, the years leading up to menopause, whether that's in menopause itself. There's treasure. <laughs> There's treasure in all of those experiences, even though they can be uncomfortable and difficult. And what we what, what our intention is in the program is to offer validation to those experiences rather than medicate them away or treat them so to speak so we will offer you solutions in the program um, but but we're not here to to, to treat it or to um, like as, as Kate says to have it be something that needs to kind of be be diminished or um, like just to disappear <laughs> because it's actually a profound all, all of the all of the hormonal kind of journeys that we go on, whether that's in our cycle or whether that's through perimenopause and menopause, they're all here to to change us and to teach us something. They're all signs. So, you know, when I talk to a 
someone who comes with any sort of hormone mm. imbalance you know it's like this i'll ask questions about if we're talking about the menstrual cycle the quality of the blood the type of pain when the pain's better what makes it worse and all of those things help me understand what's happening in the cycle but they're all flags they're all information and it's the same with the perimenopausal things those you know if we can listen to our body and then listen to those symptoms we can find it's easier to find balance when we create that space and that might be coming into a circle in penzance with leaf and i or it might be coming onto the hormone program and we can still connect online it's still a really beautiful way of finding community and finding connection and hearing someone else and then creating the space to listen to our own symptoms and maybe coming to understand them a little bit more about what they're saying to us about what our body needs or wants or what's out of out of kilter and, and could be we could change to make it more in balance and yeah i think we, we're blessed that we have these signs that show things about balance mm. are you seeing i'm just curious what kind of are you seeing more hormonal imbalance now and do you and if you are do you think that's due to environmental circumstances you know all the toxic products that we have around us or the toxicity that exists within our body or do you think it's awareness so people are more willing to come forward that's a really good question it's a really good question because i was thinking about anxiety and i was thinking about how the younger generation have got far more words for it and they're far more able to talk about having anxious feelings than maybe my generation where we just didn't have words for it, we would just suppressed it or just got on with it. And no, the generation yeah. Before, I did. Yeah. And the generation before, even more, you know, they look at us now having these menopauses and they're like, well, just get on with it. You know, we did. <laughs> What's the problem? Um, top it out. Uh, so I think there is more awareness. I think mm. there is more awareness of what's happening and we're more listening. Mm. And I think that's good. And mm. I think, you know, that is really good. But I think at the same time, our uh, environment is becoming more polluted and there's more toxins to deal with and we're getting more and more out of balance diet-wise. Um, yeah. What do you see as the, as the causes, the biggest causes? Can you identify, can you land on those? So if somebody's listening and they're like, I don't know what you mean about environmental issues how would that affect my hormonal cycle what would be the you know the, the the top few so the top three things that you see that influence hormonal imbalance the plastics in the environment so the yeah. plastics in um if you're having wrapped sandwiches you know if you lunch the plastics that cover that you know that's leaching into the food so that, that those are hormone disruptors the plastic so that's one thing the amount of plastic there is and i think there's plastic in the rain now and there's plastic in the water and it's just everywhere there's such a level of plastic that that's really disrupting our hormones so that's one thing pc i can't say the words forgotten the words pcbs i think they are um so that's one the soil quality i think is lost all its values richness we've only got a few more harvests i can't remember how many is it 50 i don't know how many harvests we've got with the soil quality so the soil is disrupted a lot by um fertilizers and toxins that also disrupts our system and then some of the food that we're eating that comes out of the soil therefore has those hormone disruptors in them whether that's meat and dairy with you know antibiotics and mm. um, growth hormones and different hormones in them 
or whether it's it's plants that are sprayed with pesticides which are toxic to our our system and our our, our body has to process that our liver has to process that and mm. um they they sit in the fat cells in our body just like the plastics and the fat and hormones are in, interlinked so that's that's yeah and then our nervous system the nervous system disruptors i think which is more the wi-fi and the those sort of unseen pollutants and the phone and the speed of things moving mm. and i think that affects our nervous system which then affects our hormones as i was saying before about adrenaline and cortisol mm. affecting the balance of our hormones because it just you just get all you know with serotonin cortisol all of those hormones are just having different spikes and so i'd say those are the three Mm, mm, that's quite a lot isn't it and I think it's been an accumulation you know over the years where under the name of progress it's kind of been allowed to seep in in some ways to become the normal but Mm. um, but maybe there's there's just a lot of rethinking to do around all of these things and alternatives and and new ways and part of what we are offering with the hormone program is just some awareness around that and some some alternatives and some solutions Mm, okay, thank you so much. Um, I have one question that I, I would like you to answer if you can, and that's, well, first of all, where can people find you if they wish to work with you? And then also, what are you excited about? Like, it can be micro or it can be macro. <laughs> yes, I think there's a lot of like, oh, the doom and gloom of the world out there. And I'm really, I'm really like, there's lots to be excited about as well. And I just wonder, mm. I just, just friend to friend, I'm just like, I wonder mm. what he's excited about today. It's a really good question. The easy answer is kateburford.com. Thank you. <laughs> um, and, and thanks to you for helping me with that. You have helped me around uh, my website, which I'm very grateful for. Um, and what am I excited about? No, I'm having a treatment after this. I've done a clinic today and I'm having a treatment and I'm having a craniosacral treatment and I used to have them pretty regularly and I haven't had one for a while and I'm having a treatment with someone I haven't worked with before. She's a, a, you know, a yoga teacher. And uh, so, yeah, my body's going to get some deliciousness this afternoon after this. So that's I'm excited to receive some treatment. So nice. You're going to get taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We all need that. that. Yeah. We all need that. Oh gosh, listen, Kate, thank you so much. It's so nice to talk to you always. Oh, pleasure. And, um, if you're already in our community, you'll have access to, you'll know you'll have access to the hormone program already. If not, you can reach out to either Kate myself at kateburford.com or myself with all the links in the show notes. I'll also put Kate's link below in the show notes and um, and we can help you get, get supported in, in some of the ways that we know work. Thank you so much, Kate. My pleasure, it's been lovely.